was there ever a time when you were like i am so in over my head yeah i mean there was definitely points where i was like um i don't know how we're gonna do that (laughs) (laughs) we'll figure it out though my name is west gibbons and welcome back to the tungsten originals podcast you just heard part of my conversation with sound designer ryan sullivan or as his friends call him sully we discussed the mysteries behind sound design his most challenging project in his eight years of experience and what continues to inspire him every day now sit back relax and enjoy episode 34 of the tungsten originals podcast Sully. Yeah. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. We were just, we've just, (laughs) we've been talking for eight minutes. (laughs) You giving me podcast advice. I was telling you this whenever I was setting up, but I was uh, not necessarily worried, but realizing that of all the people who I've interviewed, you're the one that's most qualified to critique my performance (laughs) as like an editor and a like audio engineer i guess Uh, yeah so i look forward to your notes thank yeah hey man no i mean it's great it looks it's very professional well thank you um well you are a sound designer i am and you're a senior at scad right i am you're like you're entering into your senior year i am entering my senior year. okay how does that feel (laughs) yeah um me too (laughs) i am ready to move on yeah i feel i like that phrase I, i am ready to move on <laughs> where do you hope to move on to uh la um yeah, yeah I, I joke that i'll get my diploma and then directly walk off the stage onto the plane wow i'm i'm pretty that oh, they're, they're gonna land the plane behind the civic yeah, center right right behind the civic center wow. i actually chartered it so oh wow so you're you're doing well oh in, yeah in yeah, sound yeah. design work oh yeah i mean well f- again thank you so much for Giving me your time. Oh no worries. I assume you only have like a yeah, quick let me ten minutes. Wanna, let me know if you want a Gulfstream jet as well. Like, oh, that'd be great. That. Yeah, no worries. It'd be great to have like a tungsten jet or something. Yeah, totally. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so uh, you were a sound designer, but you haven't always been. Yes. You got your start in acting. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the story about that? Yeah. So when I was, so I started actually as like doing visual art, and then my mom sent me to a arts like little camp kind of thing where are you from originally oh i'm from Reading, pennsylvania oh okay gotcha uh yeah shout out Woo. <laughs> um, our studio audience loves yeah Redding. <laughs> right everyone loves Reading, pennsylvania <laughs> actually everyone that is from Reading, pennsylvania or knows about Reading, pennsylvania is probably just like hmm <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it a small town it's um um uh, not really. Okay. Not super. I mean, where I am specifically in Reading, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, but Reading, not so it's much. It's not a metropolis. It's just one of those cities that boomed in back in the <laughs> yeah, day. Totally. And then now it's just like, Then oh, the internet came along. This is just left. sad. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's not doing so great. Yeah. Um, but anyways... So you went to a camp. So I went to a camp, yes. Thanks to your mother. Yes, thanks to my mom. And she was sending me there to get visual art lessons, mm-hmm. but she did not realize that it was for all of the arts. So oh, there was okay. things like dance, you know, painting, drawing, uh, and then theater. Okay. And we would act out on certain days different scenes, like mm-hmm. Jack and the Beanstalk and stuff like that. Okay. And I was like, damn, I love this. Yeah. And so I after they got done... I told my mom, like, hey, I want to do theater. And so two years went by, and then I was eight years old, and they were doing a show called Bugsy Malone Jr. 
<laughs> Your breakout role. <laughs> My breakout role as the ventriquil ventril <laughs> ventriloquist dummy. Nice. I was literally just a dummy. <laughs> like pretending to be a dummy. Right. But yeah, I mean then I I started to do theater there and we, you know, kept on going through the years and years. Yeah. And then as I got older, I started to do it professionally and I started to go into a little bit of like commercial and like film. Oh, okay. What uh, kind of stuff. commercials were you doing? Uh, <laughs> a lot of healthcare. There's like okay. <laughs> healthcare stuff. Like health. Huh. Uh, I mean, one spe- specifically, really, but it's yeah, it was a healthcare commercial. And so the the fun thing about that was is um you can't sing this the happy birthday song. Right. And I knew that we apparently the director knew that all of what we were gonna sing to this grandmother that we had mm-hmm. uh, was gonna be basically just filtered over and have voiceover over it. So we literally sang a made-up song about, like, wish, like, happy that she's not dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should release it as a single. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, but really, it was like a very morbid song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we did that, and then I actually have a, a, I mean, there's, I've talked about this before, um, but I was almost the kid, uh, the younger version of the kid in the Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage. Whoa. Yeah, it's a pretty wild story, but... Um, Please tell. Okay, so the agency I was with was mm-hmm. having... They saw an open audition or whatever kind of thing. And How old are you at this time? Oh, geez, I was like 14, 13, okay. I think. Gotcha. I went up to New York. And okay. And it was like on the 30th floor of a building. It was very small. <laughs> yeah. And I came in, and I read a couple things, lines, and then it started to get... Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I went home. I actually right before I went home, I went to the Ripley's Blue or Not Museum. <laughs> nice, a must. Noteworthy. See. Yeah. Noteworthy. Yeah. Noteworthy New York attraction. Mm-hmm. And then I went home, and uh, we waited. And yeah. Did you? Back. Were you like feeling good about it? I was. I was. It was with a film audition. It's one of those things where it happens so fast yeah. that you're kind of like, I don't know what's going on, right. but all right, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because usually it's like one scene or two scenes and then you're like all right thanks yeah you're like, cool. and you can never tell how they you can feel. never tell you can never no, tell no, no, that's the most they, frustrating part to yeah, me yeah totally but in theater they're always like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly because with theater every i mean everyone's just going all out yeah. everyone's going all out yeah. so it's like you know oh wow okay. yeah you go up into the to the to people you're auditioning to and you mm-hmm. shake their hand yeah and say, hey thank you so much for your time <laughs> yeah. uh anyways um but yeah, and then we hurt back, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh hey, you're in like the runner-up, you're like top three. Uh, but I lost it to a kid that was from California. So damn. And that kid actually that played him in the in the movie is actually pretty famous now. So, oh really? Yeah, I mean he's, I mean he's. If you saw him, you would be like, oh yeah. Okay. Huh, gotcha. I know him. Gotcha. But almost, man, I was so excited. Do to you be ever think about Nicholas what your Cage. life would be, dude? <laughs> dude, to know that <laughs> every day growing up. Yeah, to grow up and and to see National Treasure. Yeah, to see the your own one face. of the best movies of all time. Absolutely. Face off with John Travolta and best Nicolas movie. Cage. It's amazing. Anyways, yeah, that would be that would have been a dream. I would yeah. have been a dream to work with Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. It would yeah. probably be terrifying, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and then I also had there was gonna do like a commercial voiceover thing for okay. a Wally, oh. like the movie. Wow! But I had swine flu. So it didn't work out. <laughs> so that didn't That's work out. That's a good excuse, though. Yeah. 
That's a pretty solid excuse. Thank, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I have swine flu. Yeah, right I'm sorry. <laughs> what What made you fall in love with acting, especially after never doing it before? I I was I definitely had I mean definitely had the ADHD uh, okay. to do, and I think just I don't know I just loved performing. I just liked right. acting and being other characters. And when I was growing up, I would you know neighbors and play you know different scenarios and play dress up and blah 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 you know stuff like that yeah so i think it's always been like there it was always you know little pieces just falling in line to kind of realize hey i Mm -hmm. really like this stuff yeah um but over the time i kind of moved out of it i was like man i love the art i do Mm -hmm. but i think the culture is not right for me so okay that's eventually what got me out of it yeah so when did the transition to sound design begin yeah so mainly i would say when i was like 13 so okay. when I was 13, it was around like 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. and there was quite a phenomenon going on mm-hmm. among the middle schoolers of that day. And that was called dubstep. Um, <laughs> I remember it well. Yeah, right? <laughs> I remember it well. I was like, well. whoa, who is this Skrillex? <laughs> um, <laughs> His hair is so unique whoa, and cool. Are you telling me they made a remix of the Lost Woods theme from Zelda? Dubstep? Anyways, I heard it and I was like, whoa this is really interesting. Like, yeah. This is really cool. This sounds awesome. It's like, I've never heard sounds like this before. Mm. And growing up, I was always like, I think I, because I, I mainly did musical theater. So okay. I, I, growing up, I was always like playing around. I was an amateur musician. Mm-hmm. Um, what instruments? Uh, when I was a kid, like drums and piano. But I mean, it was, pff, I couldn't play that. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I can. I yeah. feel pretty confident with a lot of instruments now. But mm. um I was just like, oh, cool. Like, that's yeah. the baseline for Money by Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> it's just do, 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 do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think when I was 13, I was like, this is really cool. And I started looking into stuff, and I was like, I'm going to make my own music. And so I okay. started to make my own music, started to learn more about it, download FL Studio and everything mm-hmm. like that, Fruity Loops. Like, I think it was like 10 when I got it. And now it's like 20. But Yeah. And then I never made dubstep. Um, <laughs> probably for the best yeah I found a lot of I just liked playing with like a lot I was really into like then getting into a lot of electronic music of like every middle school's dream like Dead Mouse and everything yeah this is like one of his most popular albums just came out then and I was like well mm-hmm. it's cool so I started making a lot more house and techno and stuff and then yeah so I started like, man, maybe I want to do this one day. And I was like 14, 15. Right. And I was like, so I looked it up on like, you know, my career pages, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I saw that like, okay, cool. Music producer. Or okay. Mm-hmm. Music com- composer. or mm-hmm. sound designer. I was like, what's that? I was like, cool. <laughs> and it was like someone who creates specialty effects for mm-hmm. media and film and television games or anything like that. And I was yeah. like, huh, that's pretty cool. That might be, that might be a thing. And then as I got into high school. I started to move more off the stage. I did shows, but I started mm-hmm. to move more off the stage and started doing um, a lot of theatrical sound design, a lot of like live TV production stuff. And then I went and did that professionally. And uh, I think by freshman year of high school, late end of freshman year of high school, I was like, yeah, I want to be a sound designer. Wow. Is specific, like I knew for, for sure, because to me, it always felt like, hey, music producer, like music production is my hobby. Sound design feels like a career that okay. I could do. Was that just because of the stability of the film um, industry? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I th- <laughs> the quote unquote stability. Yeah. The quote unquote stability. Um, yeah. I guess I we'll mean, find out in a year if that's yeah, 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 yeah. stable. No, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great discussion, but no, I mean, yeah, it's felt more stable to me and mm-hmm. I felt like, Hey, I can't, I can't produce songs every single day. Like, okay. you know, 
And one, I'm not a trained musician. I can't hold mm. up like that. So yeah. it just felt like, hey, this is a hobby. In sound design, mm -hmm. I, I was already doing it. And I remember like there was one day I was like, all right, let's see what this sound design thing is all about. <laughs> and I literally took a couple effects. Yeah. I put, took like a, a little piece of animation stuff and just made a couple effects, put reverb on it. And I was like, yeah, mm. like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing okay. it. Yeah. And I just fell in love with it and started to really get deep into it. And so by junior year. I was like SCAD. Someone told me about you, SCAD. Okay, I was going to ask how you found out about it. My media teacher at the time, he was like, uh, he was going to go to be a sound designer because he owned mm -hmm. a company. He was going to be a sound designer, but for theater and stuff. Okay. And I was like, hey, where are some places you looked at? And he's like, you know, there's this place called SCAD that I was really looking at. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll check it out. Um, So I went down, we checked it out. I was like, whoa, look at this wacky, zany place. All these colors. <laughs> it feels more like an art museum than a school. And I was like, yeah, I fell in love right away. Yeah. Um, they're really good at reeling you in with that, dude, with that imagery. Their marketing is so good. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's intense. It's amazing. Um, I met with some good people that would come to also be my classmates yeah. here. And yeah, and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. This is exactly what I'm going to do. Because the thing was, is like, I was thinking about strictly going to theater sound design because I was very gun ho on it. But I like SCAD because there was 40 different things I could put yeah. sound to. Luckily, I mm. did that because now I do almost primarily film and television and right. animation stuff, like linear content. Okay, gotcha. What draws you to that form of content? I love the process. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's not just, like, I always had film growing up. Like, that's the thing. It's, like, kind of an afterthought for me of film. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's always been there okay. kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, like, I love, I mean, I love it, and I watch immensely. I mean, this entire mm -hmm. break I've had ever since getting back from L.A. has just been watching way too many Criterion Collection films. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, I loved the process. Uh, I loved mm -hmm. the culture because the culture was still a little bit like theater, but a little different, mm -hmm. a little bit more chill, I thought. I didn't like games as much. I mean, I, I like doing games, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's very technical, I find. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot about, all right, figuring out this computer and blah, blah, blah. We're going to put this proximity, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Is it less room for storytelling maybe on the sound design? Yeah, end? that's what I feel. I, yeah. I feel a film is... I know exactly what's going to come next. I know what is in ride, like what's in for you. And while I feel with mm -hmm. like games, it's like, all right, I'm creating this world mm -hmm. and whatever that character does, that's the story. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so I guess I really like films because it puts you in that seat and says, hey, pay attention. Mm -hmm. And like games, it's like, I'm going to pay attention if I want to. Yeah. It's like creating more of a world and it's yeah. beautiful. I mean, a beautiful art form and mm -hmm. we've come so far. It's just, I loved the process of films and mm -hmm. i loved foley i loved sound design I, yeah i loved it so i loved their history there too and yeah yeah it's a a really weird underrated art that like mm -hmm. only the only the people in it really know how deep it goes yeah so, definitely yeah is world building something that you've always been interested in yeah oh yeah for sure mm -hmm. uh, i used to write stories all the time mm -hmm. about different worlds where it's a post-apocalyptic world or mm -hmm. You know, there's, I, <laughs> this is kind of wild, but when I was like 10 years old, I was like, I had a dream. I was like, what happens if the Nazis did win World <laughs> War II? <laughs> and I wrote a, like an entire <laughs> story about what a, that. What a thought to what have. What a thought to have. When you're still in the single digits yeah, of age. <laughs> yeah, I actually presented it in like fifth grade. And everyone's uh, eyebrows are raised. Everyone's like, what, what is uh, going on with this kid? What's this kid's home life Yeah, like? no, looking back on it, I mean, I made a story in like fifth grade too about a time machine in like Cold War. Mm -hmm. It was like through journal entries. This guy was talking about this time machine. Oh, wow. In like the Cold War. 
But there's a pretty brutal scene that I wrote, even when I was like in fifth grade, where he's just brutal, like brutally kills a dog. <laughs> oh my god! And looking back, and I'm like, oh god, like what was I thinking? You're right. It's like, oh, so <laughs> where does that passion for storytelling? Where was that seed planted? Was your family an artistic family? Did you grow up in like an artistic, like home life? No. So my, I mean, well. Kind of, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, like a but little. I obviously bit. supported it because I sent you to a yeah. camp for it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, totally. My 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 parents are really very passionate about the arts. Okay. Um, my dad loves the arts and really supports it. My mom even does theater right now and stuff like okay. that. She loves. She really supported me and still supports me. And mm -hmm. both of them support. Blah blah. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they were very supportive. My mom is uh, a reading specialist for elementary kids. Okay. Uh, retired now. And then my dad is uh, basically business like improvement. Okay. Um, he comes into a business and says, hey, what can I do better? Or what could we do better? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, in some ways, they're both like kind of creative in a way, but mm -hmm. we had aunts and uncles that were singers and people that were painters and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I think it was just through media. I think it mm -hmm. was really just through like exposure of, I thought it was so like, I, I, I was always really much more interested in books and movies okay, and stuff like that than sports. Don't like sports. Yeah. Fun to watch and everything. It's right. just like not my thing. Right. Yeah. And then like TV and stuff like that. It was just always growing up. I just, it was always there. It was always enthralled me. Mm -hmm. Always there... liked creativity to do things like okay. Legos and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So. Was there a movie that the sound design caught your attention that you remember watching at a young age? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for everyone, for a lot of people, I think Star Wars was pretty huge. Yeah, um, it's a common answer for for you know the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing though. Is like, at a young age, it's like, yeah, you might capture like the music, but I don't think a lot of people realize the sound. And so when you're older, yeah. I think you start to realize it. But when you're younger, I mean, it's just it's it's not what you're watching. It's not what is right. there. It's the cool visuals and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it's the cool visuals. It's yeah. Spike is 3D's cool visuals, <laughs> you know. So right. it's not it's not exactly the sound. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is like we're we're kind of an invisible art in a way, and that we're mm -hmm. we're supposed to do our job so well that you don't even notice it's right completely fake, mm -hmm. and then um, you accept it or anything like that. Does that ever bother you? No. You don't I actually like it because really? okay. I came from well, coming from theater where everything you do is like in front of a, as a performance. Yeah. Where everything you do is always out there, and you know, actors and actresses like mm -hmm. there's a there's the culture of performing and really being in and playing that game in yeah. a little way. And I actually yeah. that's what I liked about it is mm -hmm. I could take a step back and say, right, hey, like I'm proud of my work. Hey, and these other people that know what I'm doing are proud of my work. Right. But like, that's fine. Yeah. I don't want to. You don't like, need the spotlight. I don't need the spotlight of, right. anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't need it. So, mm -hmm. um, because the thing is then was when you have people who really notice it, I think they like truly really notice it and talk yeah. about it other than being like, oh my God, you're in that movie. Good job. Right. So. And rushing out to you on the street and stuff uh, like that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. I guess that was an attraction to it. That yeah. I could. What's the difference behind. from what you were doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What things did you take to sound design that you learned from acting, from being in that spotlight? Ooh, emotion. I mm. think that's the biggest thing. I remember having a discussion with my professor, David Stone, on one of the first days I had class. Mm -hmm. And he asked if anyone was a theater sound designer. 
And I was like, yeah, me. Mm-hmm. And then he went on a whole rant about how I think you're much more acute to emotion stuff like that. Okay. It was just funny because I had, I had, I've loved to like write my own essays of kind of yeah. things. Things that I go back and I'm like, well, this doesn't make sense. Right. But, <laughs> you know, things to just get my thoughts down. Mm-hmm. And I talked about a thing like called I called the thing in the air in theater is that like sound really brings an interesting level to theater because mm-hmm. you can really put it on like I started doing a lot of stuff where I'd put speakers on stage and different points so you oh, could like, okay if you had someone actor like calling from upstairs you would hear a speaker from upstairs oh like gotcha so yeah I mean the biggest thing with theater is that it's such a raw experience yeah. a lot of the time and it's such a momentary like there it is and mm-hmm. that's it's gone. That it is a lot of emotion and a lot yeah. of a, a t- attention to detail because in theater sound design, it is very artsy. It is very artsy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot about how how we help this like, you know. There's a lot of really interesting sound design mm-hmm. of like getting maybe in people's heads or really helping fill out the space, helping mm-hmm. put the images in people's minds. I mean, that's why I like, like podcasts a lot sometimes because right. I get the images in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because audio is so descriptive. It's information. And yeah, so I think bringing that like really good sense of emotion that you Mm -hmm. got from theater especially as an actor really helps me in sound design and that's the biggest thing i'll always say usually when someone's asked what is sound design i'm like it's emotion and information Hmm. so the emotional element is what you need because sound in film and stuff like that serves the story and it serves the emotions Mm -hmm. so yeah so at this point would you say that you prefer sound design and film versus live performance yeah i think now i i think uh i mean i love them both don't get me wrong but i it's kind of it's like apples to oranges kind of comparison yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's very different like every Mm -hmm. time you do sound for something else like games or tv whatever it's a different process there's different things that it requires and which is awesome because it's there's never a dull day uh, in the craft. But yeah, I just, I think what really got me was, um, as I said, kind of before and why I moved out of acting was kind of a culture. Yeah. I wasn't fitting with the culture. I, I didn't want to, it wasn't my scene and it didn't want to be in the scene anymore. So I really loved just the process of making film. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really just that it's like, mm-hmm. I don't care what film I'm working on, if it's bad or if it's good or whatever. <laughs> okay. I still get to do my job right. as best as I can. And sometimes if it goes miserably, all right, I, I messed up. Yeah. If it goes great, maybe I made the film a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing at the end of the day. Is it mm-hmm. doesn't matter is how bad or good the film is when you're doing sound. You can still your, do your job as best as right. you can. And, you know, luckily, if it's like you were saying, you're you're kind of in the background. So if it's getting critiqued for being really bad, you're maybe not one of those people that's like, showing up <laughs> in the reviews. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So that's yeah, kind of a good like place to be like one sentence maybe and be like, that's him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here at SCAD, you've worked on a myriad of projects. Mm. I see your name popping up all the time on our in our circles. Uh, you worked on The Fray, and I got to interview Davi, the director. Yes. You worked on the feature film Nesting Dolls. Yes. Um, you worked on Odyssey, the Star Wars mm-hmm. fan film. Of all the projects you've worked on at SCAD, what was the most challenging and why? The Fray was pretty hard. Yeah. In a way, yeah. I mean, we're going for a very, like, stylized kind mm-hmm. of thing in a way. I really wanted to make the sound sound visceral and raw. Yeah. I wanted, like, the best way to describe it in my brain was, like, if you took your fingernails and rubbed it against, like, cor- mm. like asphalt. Yeah. Kind of that sound. Oh, That's man. what I want to hear. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of distortion and stuff like that. So okay. I was, I was, the fray was 
was a, a pretty hard just because we were trying to go for like go big or go home. Yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely what Davi was saying in our interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it really was though. It was like go big or go home. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're going all out. I mean, we got a horse. <laughs> we got a literal horse. All right, so it's like yeah, um, man, I don't. There's so many. I did. I don't know what would be the most, the hardest one. I think there has been a lot of hard challenges per ones, but right. like, I've definitely had films where it's been two days to get the sound done. And then ones where it's been like, I've had an entire month to get the sound done, but there's picture changes every single day. <laughs> of course. So yeah. that's the thing. A picture, I mean, the film is never locked mm-hmm. in until it's out. Right. It's, it's always never changing. done. Right. It's never done at an No matter what they out. say. Yeah. I'm starting on a process of a film right now that I think is going to be probably one of the hardest things I've really? ever done. Tell me about it. Well, mainly it's two things because they're so big right now. One okay. of them is called American Eleven. I've heard a lot of things. Yes, which is is definitely a go big or go home. Yeah. There's just so many people. and it's, it's, it's a SCAD senior thesis. Yeah. Yeah. And it's we're really run, like they're really going after all of it. Yeah. Uh, and it details a lot of stuff in 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so... That's the thing that makes it tough is trying right. to treat that with respect mm-hmm. and um, make sure that I give it a you know an honest look. Just like make sure that it's when we, if there is like a sequence or whatever that we play it respectfully and everything. Like of that, course, you yeah. know, and just making sure it's the best it can be. Mm-hmm. And then another one we're doing is um, I don't know how much I can talk about it. Okay, um, but I'll talk a little bit. It's called Unknown Soldier, and it's um. Basically, an anthology series. That's Mark's thing, right? It is. Okay. That gotcha. is Mark's thing. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Who's yeah. also a SCAD senior. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. I mean, yeah. it's gonna be hard, but it's gonna be. I've learned a lot about how to make a, because it's an anthology series mm-hmm. for a war, detailing different things about uh, people's experiences. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing is we want to make it as artful and good, like you know, really visceral like we yeah. want to make it as like I, the saving private ryan beach scene you know we want to yeah. make it as if oh wow you're really there and it's like pop, yeah. that gun sounds insane and there's just like a lot of um you know pre-production a lot of paperwork a lot of right. making sure i'm getting things down and mm-hmm. uh nesting dolls is also pretty hard to backtrack a little bit nesting right. dolls because it was the first feature mm-hmm. we had to break it up over a lot of time and were you the lead sound designer on nesting dolls yes okay so i was wow. the supervising sound editor and I was the sound designer, and I was also a sound editor. And wow, okay. I did a bunch of other stuff, like Foley recording, okay. um, which was fun, because yeah. Foley, doing the Foley was just in a room. Um, right. Could you explain to Foley like, what, what Foley oh, is yeah, to yeah, those yeah, who yeah, totally. may not understand? Yeah, so I think it gets a lot of misconception of what Foley yeah, is. me too. Because they're like, you'll see a video on Facebook, it's like, this is how mu- movie sound effects are made. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Well, that, okay, not really. <laughs> yeah. So Foley is movement-based, is like character-based or movement-based sounds. There's three classifications of Foley. Mm-hmm. There's feet or like shoes, footsteps. Mm-hmm. Footsteps. Uh, I don't know why I said feet first. <laughs> Bare feet on grass. We are Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's this? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, footsteps, cloth, and props. So props okay. like putting a glass down, picking it up, right. picking up keys, maybe pushing someone into a wall. Yeah. I like to say it, it's the little magical fairy dust that makes it fit and really in the world. Right. Things like you know your hands together, mm-hmm. your feet, your cloth, you know whatever. Just the little nuances. 
about mm -hmm. the sound in our world that make it sync really well. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes what will happen is so like a car door, it's yeah. not going to be Foley most of the time. It's going to be a hard sound effect or a cut sound effect by the sound editor that's outside of just a character. That could be anything else. You know, right. it could be anyone closing a door. It could be whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's also like you can't just get a car in a fully room and <laughs> right. just close it right. every time. It's like, yeah, might as well just cut it. Yeah. So there's a lot of overlap when it comes to props mm -hmm. and sound effects cutting. Um, but we did all of the Foley mm -hmm. in a friend's house. Nice. Uh, no air conditioning. <laughs> um, That's always the best. It was great. It was over the course of like maybe two weeks. Yeah. Uh, very. Yeah, it was just. Gotta be really quiet, and yeah. it was it was rough, but it was it was a great time. Makeshift yeah, stuff it. like that is so fun. Oh, it's yeah. so difficult, but it's I just there's something about it that I just love. Oh, totally, you know. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts going into a feature film, having only worked on mm. shorter form content? Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to <laughs> I want to talk about your first feature yeah. experience because that's a big deal. Yeah. No, I. It was, it quite literally was like, let's do it. Like, let's yeah. go, let's go. Yeah. I was like, I need to get this. I'm going to get it under my belt. We're ready. Yeah. Um, Over the course of like my time here at SCAD and mm -hmm. with other people as well, I've developed kind of a a good team of friends. Yeah. And I have our own little business kind of thing uh, called mm -hmm. Control Tower Post. Nice. Uh, just kind of, you know, we'll get a project. All right, working on blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, we knew the people like we were very we're all very good friends that everyone that worked on the feature mm -hmm. um and i was like hey do you have anyone and i was like yeah. this was like middle of summer of last year yeah and i was like hey you can find anyone <laughs> and i Got was like yeah it? i'll help you out well actually they called me because i think during production i was like hey uh let me know how it goes yeah. and uh love to talk about sound and then they call me in summer like hey sully <laughs> you want to help us with the sound yeah i was like yes so yeah, he was just hitting the ground running. I treated mm. it as much as I could with like the same organization as doing shorts and okay. stuff like that. Um, it was a little hard because yeah. every single person working on the film on the sound team was kind of in different places. I was in LA. Oh, gotcha. I was in LA at the time. My friend Ashton was in Colorado. My friend Kaylee was still in Savannah. I think Amanda, who's like dialogue editor, was still in like was in Colorado right then. Yeah. So we're like, okay. Whew. <laughs> um yeah and a friend in north carolina so everyone was like kind of working off kind of crazy yeah. i got all the files shipped to me and everything did it and then we came back to savannah and we just hit the ground running i started in the middle of august and went to like september and then we mm -hmm. were done um wow. but yeah i mean it went really it was kind of chaotic for a while because yeah. they were still editing a little bit while we right. were doing it and it's like of course like yeah. that's yeah of course <laughs> it's just how it is um but yeah i mean just trying to figure out how we're going to break this up. What I did eventually is in order to get it done as fast as possible, we kind of did a kind of an unconventional thing, which mm -hmm. is I went right down the middle and I was like, what's the halfway mark? All right. Splice it down the halfway. All right, cool. You do this, the first half of sound effects. I'll do the second half of sound oh, effects. Oh, wow. Or, hey, you do the first half of dialogue editing. Yeah. You do the second half of dialogue editing. And so they would work on it at the same time, you know, to get different pieces, different pieces, different pieces. Yeah. And then we just got it all together. And then what happened is we came around to December, early December. Mm -hmm. I went up to Atlanta and mm -hmm. we had two days and we, we mixed it at Moonshine wow. Post. Were you, how green did you feel going into that? How, like what? How, green meaning like how, green meaning that you didn't really know exactly how to do everything. Like, was there ever a time oh, when you yeah. were like, I am so in over my head? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there was definitely points where I was like, oh, um, I don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll figure it out, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was working on it because I, I, my whole thing as a soup is because I'm, I'm, I'm like administrator, so I kind of like, right. I mainly like, hey, that's the director talks to me, and then I relay it to other yeah, people yeah, or yeah. whatever. So I've made kind of a agreement in my kind of way of working too is like, hey, if you do your work, like if you do dialogue editing, whatever, and then they come back with notes, I'll do the notes. Don't worry. And if, like if it's we have short on time, or whatever, I'll do the notes. Okay. Don't worry. I gotcha. But if we have enough time, I'll be like, hey, can you do these notes? Mm -hmm. But um, because the, I would have already given notes to the editors, or whatever, and then right. I send it to the director. So it's kind of like so. I, is the reason you're doing that is because the director's notes are technically for you and not the dialogue editor's work? Uh, yeah. I mean, is they're coming the right to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, but mainly just to, to kind of expedite the process in okay. a way. So if it's like if we're short in time, because I mean, yeah. there was points in nesting dolls when I was it was a week right before I was going to go up to Atlanta, mm -hmm. and I was there's some crazy stories um, about doing the foley. I mean, one of them is. I had to, there's a scene in which this girl is, this is going to sound so weird, <laughs> weird, just like seeing it out of context. The movie is a psychological thriller, so you right. got to hold on in there. Yeah. So, so like, you understand, this girl has tied up this other girl to a chair and is going to brush her teeth for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? So that seems yeah. like, oh, cool. So psychological thriller. <laughs> um yeah, so brush your teeth, and I was like, oh, we need a sound of someone brushing teeth. Like, they got to know. Mm -hmm. So I have an electric toothbrush, but it's really small, and mm -hmm. it wasn't going to work. So I went under my sink, and I found a toothbrush <laughs> that okay. was open. Right. It was there. I don't know for how long. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Was it just laying I'll down do or was it yeah, in yeah, some it form of just, a container? No, no, no. It was just laying <laughs> it was down. Just it was just an exposed toothbrush. It was just there. I was okay. like, cool. All right, cool. Right. Because I thought I remember seeing one and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I was like, take it. I washed it off a little bit. <laughs> this is like it a smelled really this bad. This is like a confessional, too. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It smelled really bad, too. Of course. I was like, hmm. Smells like belly button lint. Oh, God. <laughs> no, and then everyone just stopped listening. Yeah, was like, everyone uh, just turned good. it off. Eh, this next is good podcast. for you. I'll just yeah. go to the next week's one. Um, yeah, I washed it off a little bit and I did the foley for the scene. Wow. I rubbed it against my like teeth and yeah. my gums and yeah. And uh, it, did it work? It worked. It worked well, great. It's in the film. You can hear it. <laughs> it is one of the quietest films I think you'll ever hear. Really? That was the point. Yeah. The point was to make it really minimal like really did quiet. you enjoy that i loved it okay. i love that type of stuff i yeah, think that's okay. i think that's my you have like christopher nolan stuff mm -hmm. where it's like whoa yeah let's calm down it's, a lot. it's yeah. way too much yeah, yeah. yeah but i really love quiet and nuanced movies gotcha. so like a lot of the coen brothers stuff love it because mm -hmm. i think it's even when you have a sound like the footsteps this footsteps sound amazing they sound yeah. imposing yeah and so nesting dolls is great because like we got to do a lot with nuances of sound. Like right after these girls have tied up this other girl, obviously something horrific has happened, right? right. So it's like, so the next day, the next scene is we we were like, all right, cool. We have enough room that we're just going to, it would be really cool to make it seem how unempathetic the world is to this whore. So that entire scene, you can just hear the birds in like the beautiful morning day. Oh, just wow. Really, Really nice, okay. really nice day. Yeah. While they're talking about, hey, this is what you're gonna do, and if you don't do this, we're gonna kill you. Yeah. So. Is it fun to figure out ways to work that stuff in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I. It is, and a lot of it comes from 
just like suggestions or hey, right. pretty interesting. I think it's just trying to looking at two scenes or looking at the overall story and mm-hmm. just trying to figure out what does this need to do for that. There's a running sequence in the in the movie and mm-hmm. what we did with the mix of it, the outside ambience mm-hmm. after when in the running sequence goes in and out of being filtered. So mm-hmm. and then when it goes into being filtered, you can hear her blood rushing and you can hear her heartbeat and stuff like that to get in her head and then it comes back if she feels like she's evaded terror but then it comes back down if if she comes yeah so it's really fun because all we're trying to do is try and really find artful ways to really get you immersed I want to make you feel the story I want to leave you for impression like whoa Mm -hmm. it's great because when I go to see when we we premiered it there's people in their seats like oh what's going on yeah I was like yes Yes, dude. That's my success. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I need. But that's how you know that it works. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the that's the kind of spotlight that I would love is just like just being able to sit in a theater and people like really reacting to the sound or like really getting into the film. It's like that's that's the ultimate success for Mm -hmm. us. So what's a movie or video game or I guess just piece of media that really immerses you? I literally was thinking about this maybe like. Maybe yesterday. I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah, I was. It was like a shower thought. I was like, what yeah. are the top three? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have. There's so many things that have incredible, incredible sound design. Right. I'm gonna list like three movies. List that however I think, many. Yeah. That perfect. I think are like you gotta listen for the sound. Okay. Perfect. One of them is Andrei Tarkovsky's Stalker. Okay. I think that is like a number one. Like, ooh, yeah. It's an incredible use of the blurring of music and sound design yeah it's basically the same thing they use the same kind of things you know they even use sound effects in the music and the really interesting pads and blah blah blah. it's just really awesome minimalist naturalistic sound that completely serves what it needs to be Mm -hmm. but it has such a feeling to it another one no country for old men uh by the coen brothers Mm -hmm. because it's excellently crafted it's mixed beautifully Every single sound you hear sounds like it's the best sound effect I've recorded. Yeah, it's just a really wonderful film about mm-hmm. with sound. There's basically no no music. It's just it serves it the natural world great, but it also mm-hmm. has such really interesting flourishes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I would say I just saw one recently that I was like super jazzed about. Okay, which is Coen Brothers' first film, Blood Simple. That was really wonderful. I don't know if I would recommend that right off the bat for sound. Okay. But I would say uh, one, maybe one that I would recommend just for the fun of it. Now, let's I'll just go with the one I'll definitely pick, which okay. is The Social Network. Oh, interesting. Which is a weird pick. I yeah. know. Weird pick. I mean, but... I love the movie. It's just, I guess the sound wasn't something that I'm No, really totally. And that's to. the thing that makes it such a sleeper hit among right. the sound people. <laughs> yeah. Is there's such interesting choices with the sound. The sound design is so interesting and so like it's not supposed to tell you it's there but it does really interesting things right like if you're like pay attention you're like whoa so like for instance there's a scene in the club mark zuckerberg or you know jesse eisberg and justin timberlake are talking yeah and you can barely hear it because Mm -hmm. there's layers and layers of club music and it's distorted and Mm -hmm. it sounds like there's so many people yeah and it's great. And David Fincher was like, yeah, we want to make it almost so that the dialogue is un- not understandable. Mm. In fact, there's some lines you can't even hear. Right. He's like, the reason is, is because I want the audience to basically know who Justin Timberlake's character is. And I want him to know how he like feels about Mark Zuckerberg's like relationship between right. the two. He's like, you'd go to literally the loudest place to have a business meeting. Right. Like, what are you doing? But yeah, just I mean, 
incredible like in that club scene there's like seven layers of detail of like different types of songs that were recorded through different systems yeah. and everything it's a really wonderful film of just great dramatic sound design mm-hmm. um yeah i mean th- those are top three movies i would be like you gotta because that's the thing is they're 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 movies that you don't expect for sound. They're not right. like the, you know, the Pacific Rims or the Marvels <laughs> or whatever right. that you would expect for sound design and big explosions. It's really like a lot of the art comes in the movies where you're not expecting it. So like the dramas, because you have nothing to hide behind. In war movies, you can hide behind 15,000 gun right. explosions, but with a drama, you only have the dialogue. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So every sound effect has to sound great. Yeah, even in like the different rooms uh, that they have in the social network where he's going from, the editing is cutting from here to here to here to here. All the room times sound different. They all have their little intricacies and everything. Uh, it's all expertly crafted. But yeah, anyways, there's three cool. three movies. Highly recommend. That's a sound. That's a solid list. I'd solid say. List. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> I want to talk about this really cool internship that she did oh, this yeah. summer at a little place called Unbridled Sound, yeah. which was based out of L.A. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was in Glendale. Well, Highland Park, Glendale. Okay. Uh, California, which is yes, it's LA. Okay, it's LA. right, right, right. LA is a very large place mm-hmm. from what I've seen and heard. Yeah, it is. So tell me what that experience was like. Oh, dude, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. Brent Kaiser, who is the owner, he's the type of guy that will say to you, "Hey, you come work for us. I'm gonna put you to work." He 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 definitely put me to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was awesome. I yeah. I was an intern for maybe the first two weeks, and before they made me a full time worker. And I was like, oh, okay. Woo! So it's a it's a post sound house, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we do it's an independent post sound house, mm-hmm. um, doing film, television, and animation and installation art, pretty much anything, anything. ads. Yeah. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, when I was there, I worked primarily. I mean, I worked on a lot of stuff. I did ads. Mm-hmm. I did a TV show. Was mm-hmm. one coming? Yeah, it was one that I it, it was one I mainly worked on. Okay. You know, a couple films and stuff like that. Yeah, so I really got put to work, and I really put my hours in, and I learned mm-hmm. a lot. Like, what's a what's a, a special nugget of sound advice that you learned while you were there? Hmm. Oh, here's a good one about gunshots. Okay. <laughs> in order to make a gunshot sound really impactful, one thing is that it's not really the gunshot that makes it impactful. Mm-hmm. It's the ricochet or the crack in the gunshot that makes it really powerful. So in surround sound, you have three speakers in the front, two speakers in the back. That's 5.1 That's five, 5.1 surround sound. Dialogue always comes out of the center channel in the front. And what you want to do is, when, like with a gunshot, usually be the stereo, so left and right. But to make a gunshot really impactful, take that effect and put it actually kind of in the middle of everything. So... It's all going to all speakers. Mm. And so it really, like, really hits you. Yeah. And it's no longer, hey, it's hitting in the front. Like, it sounds like it's hitting in the front right in front of me. No, no. Like, you're inside the gunshot. So, um, and it's the thing. It's just for a second that you never really Mm. realize it. You know, if there's a gunshot where it, like, really, you know, kills a character or something like Mm -hmm. that, it's a wonderful way to do it because Mm -hmm. it really does make it really impactful. And then a third thing about that is actually taking reverb and putting it in the back speakers so that when you hear it, you hear the shot and then you hear it kind of reverb or yeah. echo out in the back of you. Okay. So, it's wow. Kind of cool. What is your dream project to do sound design for or like a dream filmmaker to work with? Uh, David Fincher. David Fincher? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it'll never happen because he's, <laughs> that's the thing is, 
there's different directors that always have the same sound person. And totally. Always. Right. So Coen Brothers have a person named Skip Levesay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien Chazelle has, I actually don't know how to pronounce her name very, I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm just not going to. But yeah, <laughs> she she did First Man and everything. She's wonderful. David Fincher has Ren Kleiss. Steven Spielberg has Gary Rystrom. George Lucas has Ben Burt, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, it'll never happen, but... <laughs> I would love it because I love David Fincher's films. Yeah. I love the aesthetic and especially the sound design he goes for. Because mm-hmm. I always say the sound design in his films are very impressionistic. Sometimes they add sounds that are not really there. Like in Fight yeah. Club, there's many times in which he's talking and there's sounds going in the surrounds that are really quiet or something. But they're like, what? Is that mm-hmm. a tiger roar? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, just really impression impressionistic kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Even in Social Network, just like really breaking the rules a little bit to mm-hmm. get like a subtle emotion across. Is there anyone that you've worked with at Scatter otherwise that you want to be their person when they're like, oh yeah, blank has Ryan Sullivan. That's their sound oh, designer. Oh, for sure. Who are they? Oh, for sure. I mean, like the two people that just because I've worked with them so for so long now, Kai Dixon and Mark Alex Vogt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, everyone I work with, I want them to be like, oh, yeah, like you're my guy because I'll have their back and, they'll, you know, it's nice to have no, I'll have your back. And mm-hmm. It's cool. It's like work out, make this like kind of special characteristic about our yeah. work relationship. But yeah, I mean, Mark's uh, kind of way of making films and how he sees films is so like awesome. And just like, you know, he's he does like, oh, you grew up on the Hollywood films, like the big, like, you know, Jurassic Park and Star Wars and everything mm-hmm. and Saving Prior Ryan and blah, blah, blah. Like those like epic Hollywood things. And so a lot of that takes a lot of like classic stylings from that. And mm-hmm. and then Kai Dixon, just because, gosh, and man knows how to make some pretty images. Kai, just like Mark and like so many people like Davi too, mm-hmm. like, they were born to make movies. They were mm-hmm. born to put images on the screen yeah. and to put sound to it too. And, mm-hmm. like, and what's great about Kai is that he's deeply, like he's artful with his stuff. And mm-hmm. we did a sound, we did a, still one of my baby kind of projects. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of did a somewhat um, experimental kind of drama kind of thing okay. together. Not experimental. Experimental for me and sound wise mm-hmm. is all in Swedish. Which oh, actually wow. there's no real dialogue, but it is Swedish okay. when it is, there is some dialogue. Mm-hmm called dentista and it was literally just like me and him for the entire project and it was wonderful because i did a whole really really immersive like five one surround sound yeah uh mix for it really breaking a lot of rules Mm -hmm. in like what you should do in it there's a character that's deaf so we wanted to make sure that when he does hear things or how he hears things or feels things uh, he feels it through vibration, just kind of like in gravity in a way you obviously can't hear anything in space but Mm -hmm. you can hear the vibration through your so you can hear it through his body. So mm-hmm. what I actually did is took a contact mic, which registers vibration as sound, like the vibrational sound of things. So mm-hmm. if I knock on a table, it will register the vibration, which is the sound. Mm-hmm. It's a little hard. I guess I'm kind of confused that. But yeah, but anyway, so all of his effects and stuff, when he picks up things or when he interacts with the world, I only made the effects through that. Hmm. So there's a lot of really in- ex- awesome experimental kind of ways of doing things. Yeah. And- I did a lot of stuff on a modular synthesizer, which is oh cool, pretty crazy. Like you yeah, know, it was really awesome to do. But those are two people I've just worked off for so long, and mm-hmm. they've been so great and really getting like a great aesthetic together. And yeah, do you like working on smaller teams like that? When like when it was just you and Kai? Yeah, so yeah, I th- I think so. Yeah, I think when you have too many people, I think it can get 
a little woo, too many okay. cooks in the kitchen kind too of. many cooks in the kitchen yeah because yeah, the thing is is like the really amazing films out there they're really like consistent films that are like oh i know that's a wes anderson movie right or i know that is because they have people that are like know exactly mm -hmm. what kind of aesthetic it is so they cut sound effects that sound like that aesthetic and i think when there's too many cooks in the kitchen then you can just create something so expansive but right. it's also something maybe not as aesthetically pure yeah so like i thought blade runner 2049 was made for sound wise because it was just a relatively when it came down to it, it was a pretty big team, but a relatively small core team, stuff like that. And it sounds amazing. Right. It sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love working on smaller teams. I think like six people mm -hmm. or like seven or eight people is great. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's good. Yeah. But I understand though when you're like working on like, you know, if you're working on TV, it's Yeah. That can be a lot. Yeah. So TV's a whole it's whole, whole nother thing. thing. <laughs> Are there any trends in sound design in modern movies that you either like or do not like? Yeah, so there's well, I mean, let me let me go off with ones I don't like. Okay. The, the like squadoosh kind of thing, like the oh. like the you know, like you know the yeah, like the inception level horns right. and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was dope mm -hmm. back when I was in middle school. <laughs> But we gotta move on, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just like the super, like everything's a cinematic hit. Everything's a cinematic hit. Yeah. And I actually worked on a show, you know, with Unbridled in mm -hmm. a way that it actually a lot of that show is making fun of that kind of aesthetic. Oh, nice. So um, I also don't like the trend of making everything as loud as you possibly can. Right. It's not Christopher Nolan's mixer's fault. Mm -hmm. I promise you this. It is Christopher <laughs> Nolan's fault. Okay. He is the one that says, no, we need to make it louder. <laughs> um, and he very much believes that when you see, like, if you saw Dunkirk, right? He's mm -hmm. like, I cannot hear this dialogue. What is going on? Yeah. That's fine to Christopher Nolan. And I think it's really interesting. It's just not what I expect out of, like, such a big Hollywood icon right now. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, his movies are insanely loud, mm -hmm. insanely loud. Like I brought earplugs to see <laughs> Dunkirk because it was so that. loud. Yeah, it was a loud movie. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't like that. I, I think quiet movies and really good dynamics of being really loud and really quiet, not just it's really loud, it's yeah. really loud, it's really loud. Mm -hmm. Because then there, the emotional impact doesn't get there. Coen Brothers, right? Mm -hmm. A gunshot in that movie is so effective because everything else is quiet. Yeah. Like just so you don't have exactly. to make it super loud. No, you don't. Right. You just have to. Yeah. And what's nice about that is when you don't make it super loud, then you can also bring out so many details. So with like the gun in No Country for Old Men, mm -hmm. there's a he has a shotgun, and the shotgun sounds insane because there's twelve different parts to it. Yeah, I mean those are trends I don't like. There's trends I do like, which is I think we're getting much more fun with sound. I think we finally got enough BuzzFeed articles to <laughs> finally... <laughs> we have enough BuzzFeed articles just like as a general yeah, know, rule. Right? <laughs> hey, take this quiz to find out... <laughs> if you're a sound designer. ...what Friends character you are. Right. Um. Yeah. It's no, I think we, we're, we're enough articles and everything and really coming around to say, hey, sounds really interesting, really important, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, but yes, I mean, some films that I think that have been really interesting of sound. Mm -hmm. Alfonso Coron's Roma was really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. The whole technique of doing surround sound is you put everything in the front because if you put stuff in the back most of the time, I mean, you want stuff in the back, yeah. but if you put stuff in the back speakers, people will turn on around their head and be like, whoa, what's that? Uh, but yeah. in Alfonso Caron in Roma, 
it's whew, no, no way. I don't care. Mm-hmm. There's total dialogue right back there. Mm-hmm. There's there's the main dialogue back there. There's there's people talking about something in their room. You know. Yeah. The thing about Roma is that it was just like here's the camera, and what the camera sees is not just what the camera sees because there's an entire world around it, and that's really interesting. Uh, what are some other movies that have been really the the What movie? did you think of A Quiet Place? Because that oh, got yeah, all yeah, the yeah. articles no, about sound. So I, I was kind of wondering like what oh, an actual sure. sound designer would think about yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, overall, I mean, I mean, it's a wonderful sounding movie. Yeah. I mean, it sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you think it deserved the hype? Because it got a I lot mean, of it. It did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. Oh, I, I like some. I, I like, like. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone was talking no, about it. I mean, to be honest. I was kind of disappointed when I saw it. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. To me, I was like, but I've, but I've seen this before. You know, yeah. Like you know, I've like, this was a great, like this is a wonderful movie mm-hmm. for people that are like are not in sound, so they're like, whoa, like whoa, this is pretty. They see a quiet movie and they're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing. I mean, it sounds awesome. I mean, I love the stuff with going between absolute, literally silence just yeah. like because she can't hear anything mm-hmm. and just imagine in the pro tools there's just nothing there yeah because even when you're in like outer space in movies there's still like a low hum, of course yeah whatever but it's literally nothing in the right. pro tools i thought it was really excellently crafted but mm-hmm. i think i was kind of let down i'll be yeah. honest i thought it would be a little bit more playful and i right. thought it was just like yeah i mean that's you know it's just it's a, a way to progress the story mm-hmm. yeah it's great but it's not like Hey, we're doing really, really interesting things with sound. Yeah, not a lot of risks. No, not a lot of risks. Yeah. It was just, hey, here's a cool way to progress a plot. Um, it's a good plot device and a good way to, you know, structure a story and stuff with mm-hmm. sound. I'll say this that it's not a wonderful film for sound, but it's a wonderful film for writing with sound. Interesting. I think that's an interesting distinction. Yeah, I, I, I like I, that. I think that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was like it's just because the writing of it was so interesting and how they wrote sound with it. And yeah, how they progressed the plot with sound mm-hmm. and everything. Not just like, hey, we made this on the you know an electronic synthesizer that we pumped through a three hundred year old man's organs and <laughs> this is the sound of it. Right. You know what I mean, like that would be like, whoa, what? Yeah, I guess that's kind of how I feel about Quiet Place. Yeah. Now that sound is kind of getting like a little bit more attention because of like those Facebook videos that go around and all that stuff. What do you think is the biggest misconception about sound design? I think the Foley one is pretty big. Yeah. About, hey, this is how sound effects. Celery and stuff like that. Yeah, this is how movie sound effects are made. Yeah, that's how Foley's made. But Mm -hmm. it's also how some sound design, like sound design made. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're making a monster, of course, you're going to record some like really interesting stuff or make some really interesting stuff. Um, there was a big kind of dispute in the theater world because they took off sound design as a Tony Award. You couldn't. Get, oh, really? You couldn't get a Tony Award for sound design. Huh. And the reasoning was is because it's too. It's not artful. It's technical. And every single sound person in the world was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> because the funny thing about that to me is like. As someone who's worked in pretty much every aspect of doing sound for something, mm-hmm. I've done live sound, recorded sound, bands, you know, anything like film, television, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Theater is the most artful, without a fact. Right. Is the most one where it's like everyone's taking like, oh, that sound means this metaphor. Mm. And this sound means this to that character. Yeah. Because when you only have a few sound effects or a few things in like a play, mm-hmm. whatever, 
it really is supposed to like really hit home and it's supposed mm-hmm. to really make sense and serve the story. And so that was pretty crazy. I think what came, what my thought was is that there's a lot of people that think it's just a technical job. Like I'm yeah. just putting sound to it. And that's what I thought for a while. I was like, man, this is a cool like merger of like kind of an art and science. I mean, it is. Sound is an yeah. art and science. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it is far deeper of an art than anyone typically realizes yeah definitely i mean we have our own huge vocabulary of words we have unempathetic we have you know diegetic Mm non-diegetic we have needle drops and any there's like huge 500 page book of words (laughs) that we have in techniques and you know different films that have done different interesting things and I think it's it's a depth depthfully like de- definitely jeez a very artistic craft in a way mm-hmm. um of course it's very technical but it's right. especially in film I think it's like there's a time when you go through the entire film and you're like I need a sound to represent that person's emotion or something like yeah. that that's when I think it no longer becomes technical, it becomes art. Right. And that's where like the subjectivity of it comes from. Because like it you know, you could take two sound designers and they can both put the same like effects on it and mm-hmm. and tools and things like that just to make it sound good in in a technical sense. But then if they interpret the emotion differently, that's where you get like style and oh, stuff totally. like that. Yeah. You know? No, totally. Like those filmmakers you were talking about, they they're with those people not because they know how to use software. They're with those people because they understand the feeling of the film and stuff like that. No, totally. And they understand a certain aesthetic. And that's why Wes Anderson has Wes Anderson movies. And that's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, I mean, there's a great YouTube uh, page, actually, where it's a person that just takes, it's just called The Sound Of or whatever. Okay. And it's all these different directors. And it's just the sounds from each of these directors' work. Oh, cool. So they have the sound of Andrei Tchaikovsky, and you can, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, like, even just, like, Foley and stuff like that. And you can hear how, um, like, specific these choices are. Andrei Tchaikovsky's stuff sounds cold. It sounds sounds hard. It Mm -hmm. sounds really naturalistic. Wes Anderson's stuff sounds fun sounds mm-hmm. like vintage in some way stuff in david fincher sounds like like as they say impression impressionistic it just sounds really almost a little overdone but yeah. it's really getting a specific feeling across mm-hmm. yeah there's all these really artful choices and like that's the thing too is you'll start to realize that too if if you like on the mix stage on the final you know when when you come in to mix the movie yeah and you start to hear people's notes and you're like oh these notes are so small but so yeah. deliberate. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've I've stuff like, for instance, Kai is incredibly detailed. Like, okay. he's incredibly. I mean, there's men been any times where he's like, I need you to shift that over by like one frame. Like, I need to yeah. like maybe cut this end off and then shift it over by two frames. Or something. I love it when people are specific like that. Like super specific. Yeah. And and he's like, yeah, it works. And it's like mm-hmm. great. And it's thing too is because it's such a deliberate move because maybe it yeah. feels like a emotion. I mean, th- I composed a lot of the music for Dentista as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went through like over maybe 15 ver- variations of just one 30-minute scene, like 30-second scene. Wow. <laughs> Not 30 I was about to say, scene. I was like, whoa. Woo, experimental. <laughs> um, yeah, 30-second scene. Wow. And just like, yeah, I would do it. I would compose something and or with the sound or whatever, send it to Kai. Kai would come back to me and I just have my notebook, write my what the notes are, yeah. send it over, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, go back and forth. I mean, even in the in our world too, in the sound mm-hmm. design world, there's a big difference between like the technical and the artistic because what it yeah. is is that they have the audio engineers and like 
the people like called layback, which deals with delivering the you know audio to the picture um, where they're going to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And that's like a technical side. And then you have those people who do all the technical stuff. So when a mixer comes into a mix stage, all they're worrying about is just mixing something. Hmm. Is just mixing mixing the movie or cutting yeah. the sound effects or yeah whatever and it's yeah so it's it's really interesting I think that's a big misconception sometimes because I've heard that and mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> I'm an artist dude right. no right. yeah I mean I would never call yeah it's it's just like I guess it's far more artful and like really detailed right than I think most people think because mm-hmm. it's 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 wild yeah I mean there's yeah. just history and archives of right. everything it's insane i mean i've just watched so many criterion films recently and every single movie i've watched i'm like wow that's really interesting sound yeah i just watched it's a mad 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 world okay which is a great movie yeah um but the sound effects in it are wacky wild yeah but yeah i mean it's it's really really interesting because mm-hmm. every film what's great of sound is it doesn't matter if it's good or bad right as i said every film has something you can learn about the sound so every film i've ever worked on i've learned something more about how i could do something else mm-hmm. you know learning on nesting dolls i learned how to make a quiet film and how to make it just right so how you can hear the little sounds mm-hmm. you know and dentista i learned how to really make an like a super weird experimental mix and mm-hmm. everything so yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's my rant for for like, <laughs> hey guys, we're artists. Come on, right. stop bullying us. It's but, important um, to know though. No, for sure. Know? I think it's just because it's so the only people that really know like and really love and know about it are mainly just people who one are like film buffs or right. two are sound designers. So or even three are like directors and stuff like right. that. So. Which I think is a cool aspect about it because whenever you get a compliment from 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 them. It's like, oh, you know what you're talking about. So you yeah, so you yeah, really yeah, yeah. understand it and you know you kind of take the compliment more to heart when like not to diss non film people, but like, you know, if someone like who is not a film person, like in my family or something, they watch one of my movies and they're like, It's shot really well. I'm like, Thank you. And of course I will take any compliments and like whenever, but like if a if a DP says it's shot well, I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. They know what no, they're totally. talking about. So that's like that's like a big deal. No, totally. You know? So I like that aspect of it. No, totally. It, and it's one of those things where I've had many conversations like, hey, like that was really great sound work. Because that's mm-hmm. the thing is like I noticed the from going from being an actor to being a sound designer, mm-hmm. I noticed how people react to the two. And it's really interesting because mm-hmm. when you're an actor, they're like, oh, you did such a great job. I love that scene when you did this and your inflection on the words. Right. Like that was really wonderful. Like yeah. you did a wonderful job. You worked so well together. The chemistry was amazing. Right. And then when you're a sound designer, it's just like, hey, that was that sounded great. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> right. Oh, cool, thank you. Yeah. Right. So it's really interesting to see how yeah. people pay attention. But I mean, I've had people come up to me and be like, "Wow, you know, that was really interesting." I remember, mm-hmm. you know, I was just watching David Lynch's Blue Velvet, and I heard right. this really interesting sound design. I'm like, "Okay, I'll listen to you." Yeah. You know, yeah like yeah. this is really interesting. It's being interesting. Right. So yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I guess, like I'm always kind of a, I, I mean, even on like dumbly as it I am, I always say. Uh, on my, I mean, even on my Instagram, it says this. Jeez, jeez, <laughs> that kind of guy. Am I? It says advocate for sound and story, and I, I yes. kind of like your IMDb says that as well. It does say that. Um, <laughs> I really kind of take that to heart in a way because, yeah. like, I think 
sound has such an incredible power with delivering emotion and making a you know a film and stuff what it is Mm -hmm. so i whenever i can to like really say like hey this is a really interesting art and Mm -hmm. craft like listen up people yeah pun intended yeah (laughs) (laughs) so right yeah so as I said at the very beginning, you have over eight years of sound experience. Yes. Um, I got a an audience submitted question, and you might recognize this username. It's at it's Grace Taylor. Oh. I don't know if you. Huh. Know I might that. know her. <laughs> uh, she sounds like my girlfriend. Yeah. I think she's my girlfriend. I think so. Actually, we. <laughs> yeah, we actually talked about some of the. Qu- yeah. Okay. Go on. <laughs> Um, she said, what advice do you have for people looking to get into sound design? Oh, that's a great and, question. And I'd li- I agree. But I'd like to add on to that. Maybe tailor this to people who can't afford Pro Tools. And, oh, totally. And all that oh, totally, kind of yeah. fancy schmancy stuff that we get here at our lovely film school. No, totally. Um, our expensive and lovely film school. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just drinking my debt over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a large glass uh, you got. large glass of dick <laughs> um yeah i mean the biggest thing is is it's not about gear it's yeah. really not at the end of the day I mean, we might have all these fancy beautiful toys but just because we have these toys doesn't make me a good sound designer right um if you want to make sound effects for film you can get so many things that can help you fit i think you can even do it in a garage band now mm-hmm. i'm not recommending torrenting but look, I come from the days right. 2006, 2008, you know those days. We had those BitTorrent and Frostwire yeah. and everything, uh, LimeWire. Right. Just take a peek. My first movie, <laughs> or my first short film was edited on a torrented version of Sony Vegas Pro 11 Woo! on my dad's Woo! accounting laptop. Yeah. So, you know. No, that's great. Yeah, no, yeah. no. But also... In terms of free software, Audacity is a Audacity is a yeah, totally free that. software that oh, Audacity, a lot of people use. Yeah, Audacity, yeah. GarageBand. Uh, there's so much stuff now. Yeah. Ever since music production, like in 2011 or so, blew up. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many different things you can edit sound effects on. I mean, you can yeah. just do stuff online. I remember going mm-hmm. on my Chromebook in middle of high school <laughs> yeah. and editing effects on my Chromebook, yeah. like online. So just look up for like audio editor. Or like DAW, like Digital Audio Workstation. Right. Try a free trial of FL Studio. Mm-hmm. Like you can put video in that. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Logic. You know, mm-hmm. Pro Tools first. You can do that. Actually, you could go do that. Go down Pro Tools first. It's free. Okay. You can put videos in it. You can have up to like I think 50 tracks, which mm-hmm. is way more than you'll probably need at first. <laughs> yeah. But outside of software, what's the most important thing for beginners to keep in mind? Oh, for sure. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. Yeah, I that's that's kind of wait, that's kind of funny though. I was like, it's not about the gear, <laughs> the, and then right. I talked about the gear. Right. Oh, jeez, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> um. Oh, become a great listener. Be, listen, mm. listening is a skill. It is not something you're born with. Listening is a skill, and mm. you have to really tune it. Uh, so one thing I'd recommend: take a notebook, go in the middle of your city. Uh, sit on the street and listen to your world and write mm. down what you're listening because you're going to hear a lot of things that you don't normally hear. Because hmm. we, we, I mean, we have tuned out so many things, but uh, there's one thing we haven't tuned out and it's because we, because evolution hasn't let us tune it out, which is birds. 
birds are the 2K frequency, 2,000, you know, hertz. Mm-hmm. And our ears actually have a little bit of a advantage almost mm-hmm. to hearing that. Wow. It was because to what they think to help us birds migrate. And so early humans think that, uh, I mean, people who study early humans mm-hmm. think that they would use the birds to help them find their way in migration in like finding where's where's water where's food because birds will flock to water and food and places that are nestled grid for settling so if you can really hear the birds they might tell you a lot of information whoa so that's a fun fact that's a, for you that is such a <laughs> such a cool full circle thing about how you're talking about how sound design is all about emotion and information yeah that's really that's yeah. what, i feel like that's really poetic no yeah <laughs> that's really I mean, cool yeah, I mean, wow. it's, it's super interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, here's one more little fun fact. Perfect, this is please. kind of a sad one, but I think it's also <laughs> okay. really interesting. So we're not actually supposed to hear whales. And the reason we're not supposed to hear whales is because their frequencies, that they their bellows are so low frequency mm-hmm. below us, like 15 hertz. Mm-hmm. And our, we can only hear up to 20,000 hertz to 20 hertz. Mm-hmm. Um but the thing is, in the 1960s, we started to get some of these recordings mm-hmm. and hear these whales. I'm like, what? What are these? Why? why? Mm-hmm. What? That's why you like hear like you know classic vinyl record of whale sounds. Yeah. The reason is is because they're screaming. Basically, they're they're having to pitch their voice up higher because of ships, of ships' Whoa. motors. Ships' motors are are basically putting so much noise into the ocean. And polluting like the ocean with the noise kind of yeah. stuff that the whales can't hear each other, so oh my they gosh. literally have to like pitch up their voice and almost scream in a way, like yeah. in their equivalent, right. to, in order for each other to hear each other over the boats. And that's why a lot of whales beach sometimes is because they become so drowned out with the noise that they can't communicate and they don't know where they're going. Man, <laughs> <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> I don't know how to transition out of that. <laughs> Anyways. No, that that's really interesting. That's sad and interesting. But before we wrap out, I want to ask a, a final question. Mm. So you're about to go into senior year. Yeah. So that's obviously, it's a, it's a very <laughs> scary time, at least for me. Um, I get that. Yeah. So what does your ideal future look like in the world of sound design? Hmm. What's the dream? What's the Ryan Sully Sullivan dream? Thank you. Thanks for the full name there. Of course. Um, That's a great... Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's not to give you... Okay, I'm going to give you the interviewer kind of answer. (laughs) Okay. Because always when they're like, hey, what do you want to see yourself in five years? Right. (laughs) Um, You can give me the honest answer. Well, one, be... uh, I mean, I'll be in LA. I know that for sure. But Mm -hmm. uh, mainly working with a studio. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of independent kind of stuff mm. um i really i think indie movies are i mean indie movies are like in a golden age right now absolutely i mean it's insane yeah, i couldn't agree more like the 90s were huge for indie movies mm. but i mean like we're like i mean people look forward to a24 films right more than warner brothers films yeah yeah exactly. you know what i mean it's absolutely. like it's it's so I love it and I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of great content and it's going around everywhere. I think mm-hmm. with the rise of streaming of Netflix, yeah. things have only gotten better. Even just stuff I worked on Unbridled, I'm like, wow, you know, this would have been on broadcast, but now it's on streaming and it's yeah. ten times better. Yeah. It's it's so much you know, it's budgets and they really Netflix pumps in a lot of money to yeah, make sure their stuff 
I mean, they want all of their mixes to be Atmos, which is like speakers on the oh, ceiling wow. and everything. Yeah. And they have their own standards that mm-hmm. are really like really helped for high definition audio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, working at a post house, being a sound designer, uh, sound editor, mixing, and then over the course of like the couple of years, start to move my way up in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a place called Formosa Group that I'm like super jazzed at. I just think they're doing amazing stuff. I would love to do it because they're doing a mixture of the big blockbusters and then the big indies and little indies. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's the best. Yeah, it's a good combo. I would love to go from doing, you know, Detective Pikachu <laughs> to doing True Detective in a day. So, you know yeah. what I mean? That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting place. But actually, it's one thing that I've been really thinking about just because it's been going so well for us uh, is making my own business. Nice. So uh, Control Tower Post, yeah, I mean, it's it's we've just had in this last year and then we have just had a lot of success um, in wonderful stuff. And yeah. there's a lot of other people I met that are like really interested mm-hmm. about maybe joining a starting business and stuff. That's awesome. Uh, what I would love to do with it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I'm immensely into beer. <laughs> I would okay. love to make a beer slash post house. Okay. Um, beer company slash post house. Okay. Um, split the, you know, get a brewmaster and split the profits in a way. And, I mean, I would love that. I mean, there's so many places in like California. I mean, this sounds like such a California thing. There's yeah. so many places where like, hey, we do sound for commu- like for commercials, but right. we also sell tacos. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of places like that, but I would love to do... I mean, if I'm like 10 years, love 20 years, I don't mm-hmm. know, 15 years from now, if that ever works out, I would love to do that. I mean, and coast my way into death. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> hopefully in 10 years, we can interview you about your uh, post-sound house and uh, yeah. craft beer house. No, totally. That'd be a fun follow-up. Right? <laughs> That'd be a fun follow-up. Well, thank you so much for sitting down. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. Links to all of your stuff will be in the description of this episode. So if you guys want to go see what Ryan does, or Sully, apologies. No, hey, man, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Both are true. Um, Check the description. And also, as I'm sure you've heard me say before, uh, if you leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, I'll send you a sticker for free and a drawing of your choice. So A drawing? I'll, I'll draw whatever people want. I gotta go do that. <laughs> gotta do it. Um, but thank you so much for doing this. This has been a, a bunch of fun. First sound designer we talked to. Thank you. It means uh, a lot. Yeah. Hope you had fun. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening.